oh my gosh, those are lies. And we're able to kind of forge a new relationship with ourselves, which then allows us to follow that intuition and to be like, wait, my feelings are valid and important. That's what matters is the way I feel about my own body. Welcome back to Find Your Magic, the podcast where mental health and entrepreneurship meet. And today, it also meets physical wellness, namely women's health and reproductive wellness. Let's talk about periods, baby. Let's talk about menstruating. If you can't tell, I'm really excited to talk about this subject because it is so under talked about in our society. I know that when I was growing up, I'm 37. So when I was growing up, getting your period was this like embarrassing thing that you had to keep secret, right? Like all of the tampon and pad ads on TV, and maybe they're still like this. I just don't watch TV anymore. But all of the advertisements were about like being discreet or don't actually let yourself rest. Like this is the tampon that lets you push yourself uh, in sports or swim or be at the beach. And guess what? When I'm on my period, the last thing I want to do is play sports or be in a swimsuit. I really feel (laughs) like we've done menstruating people a disservice by shaming them into thinking that your period is something to be kept a secret. It is not allowed to inconvenience anybody around you. It's not allowed to hold you back from work or achieving or school. You're just like, you're not allowed to take a break. And so I am so excited that my guest today is helping change the narrative. Let's get to my guest, Zara Seligson. Zara is a holistic nutritionist and herbalist who specializes in women's health and reproductive wellness education. I love talking to her so much because Zara is so passionate about helping people understand how their body works, A, because we don't really understand how all of the systems work together, to be honest, certainly in our current society. That is my opinion. So she helps people understand how their bodies work. And then she helps them seek out medically accurate information, resources, and self-empowerment so people can make choices to take care of themselves and their reproductive systems in a way that actually works for them. I love that she stresses medically accurate. She really looks into studies and cites her sources and the things that she speaks about while they are, you know, um, types of quote unquote medicine that might not be viewed as traditional Western medicine, things like food, sleep cycles, tracking your hormones. There are many different ways of approaching our holistic health and particularly reproductive health. And I just freaking love how Zara approaches it. So I invited her on the podcast today to talk about 
hormones, hormonal birth control, listening to your intuition if your body is telling you that something isn't right for you, balancing hormones naturally, fertility, basically just a big look at women's health, menstruating people's health, and also the like emotional mental health piece that comes along with that inevitably because women are so often taught to override our pain, to override our intuition when it comes to our bodies and to just like take a pill and shut up and be grateful. So we're changing that narrative. Please welcome my friend Zara Seligson to find your magic. Zara, I'm so excited that you're here on Find Your Magic with me. You've just been such a wonderful human who has crossed my path, and I'm so grateful that I get to share you with this audience. Oh, thank you so much. I feel the same way. It was an instance when finding things on Instagram works out really well. Yes, yes. I feel like it comes up on every single episode, actually, where there's this love-hate Instagram relationship and social media. And, you know, there can be such positive things. And I'm really, I'm starting to think that a lot of it comes down to intention. I'm like, yeah, almost curating my digital space, just like I curate my physical space. Like I, I can't get work done if my office is dirty and cluttery and there's like crap everywhere. I'm starting to think it's the same with my digital space. Yeah. And I think also the intention of how we use it, that's mm. such a big one. And, you know, like the the practices and the disciplines that we have in our day-to-day life about how we do things. Mm. I know for myself, sometimes that can just go out the window with how I'm using social media, which now that I'm thinking about it, why is that? Why would, yeah. Mm. Why wouldn't I just translate how I live in like the rest of my life to how I am there? So. Well, I'll tell you, because it's literally designed to activate certain parts of your brain, right? Which kind of leads me to what you do, because there is, I mean, before we hit record, we were talking about sometimes it's outside in and sometimes it's inside out for health and wellness and behavior. And I feel like that's a perfect use case or like example of you know, Instagram is set up to activate our brain in a certain way. However, if we override that with good intention and clean up that space and use it as, I mean, I love following you on Instagram, for example, because it's always like beautiful shots of nature and your walks and also like a mix of really great advice about women's health and hormone balancing and like easy food tips. So let's use that as a segue. Why don't you give just a high level, just a high level description of like who you are, what you do, how you help people. Okay. Amazing. I am trained as a holistic nutritionist and herbalist and Ayurveda and yoga instructor. And I put all of that together to focus primarily on reproductive health and menstrual cycle education. Mm. You took all of those holistic, you took all of those disparate seeming elements or even practices 
and you put them together for a more holistic picture of our health. And I think that it's really wild. And you and I have talked about this. It's really wild how women menstruating people kind of ignore our menstrual health or our reproductive health until it's time to get pregnant or we're having problems with fertility. Like, I I mean, the only reason that I have a pretty good idea of my own body is because I had bad periods. Like I had really rough periods my whole life. So let's start there. Why don't we talk a little bit about how all of those different puzzle pieces kind of come together for that holistic wellness that you help people with? Okay. I love that. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that I saw as I went on my journey of study is so many missing pieces, Mm -hmm. like one system covers one area really well, but then it's missing uh, a whole other piece of like, what really is the root cause of these issues? Because I think a lot of what happens, especially with menstrual health, and I think just with women's health in general is we look at the symptom, we look at what is presenting, and it really only gets addressed on the physiological level. Mm. And I think with everyone, but especially with women and people who menstruate, the non-physical level is equally, if not more informative of why someone is having issues. And so Mm. for me in this journey of putting all of this together, I was finding that, okay, well, we can't just focus on the non-physical, the emotional, the psychological, the history. We have to also address the physiological. Someone needs relief. We have to bring relief to someone who is struggling with with period issues, because as we know, it's, it can be debilitating. It affects our daily life. And because of our conditioning from society, so many people are really trained to feel like there's something wrong with them if that's happening and also really discount it. They're having this very intense experience, a lot of times in isolation, because we think that we can't talk about it or it's going to get discounted because it is. I mean, even in the medical community, you know, women are gaslit so much about oh my gosh. almost everything that's happening with their bodies. So I really sought to combine those. I am equally fascinated by why is something, why is something appearing this way physically? But then we also have to talk about well, how, what do you believe about your cycle? What did you inherit from your family? What are the messages that you've taken in throughout your life mm. that you then believe are your own that originated yes. with you? And so for me, it's that is the holistic picture is let's really learn how to take care of the body And really learn about what is happening on that level. And then also let's be willing to look at these deeper levels of what what is in our whole system that then the body manifests. Yes. Yes. Gosh, that's so well said. Everything, I just, the whole time, 
if you guys could see me, I was just nodding and nodding and nodding. Like I'm a little dizzy from the nodding because you're so right. Like everything you just said is so spot on. And like we could have full hour conversations about every single piece of what you just said because I think we just take for granted that we're not going to be heard a lot as women because we're so used to being gaslit or to hearing the same, and I I know I'm not alone in this, hearing the same solution, quote unquote, like in the biggest air quotes you've ever seen in your life, solution to a symptom slash problem. Like every single doctor, traditional doctor that I went to about my really painful periods was like, oh, well, we'll just put you on hormonal birth control and that'll Mm -hmm. fix it. Mm -hmm. I do not do well with hormonal birth control. That's just, it doesn't work for my body. I've known this since I was 13 years old when they first put me on it. I get really depressed. I like, I'm not myself. And I've tried, I think I tried at least five, probably more different types of hormonal, like synthetic birth controls. I know. And you're like, I know people can see me. My my eyes are like, Uh, Yes, because I mean, from literally, I had my first period at age 12 and they were immediately so painful that by 13, I was put on hormonal birth control. And, Mm. you know, that that's just, that was the norm. And that was like my female gynecologist and my, and every doctor that I went to for my whole life. And then cysts were a thing that came up for me. And immediately the only thing that people wanted to do was just put me on synthetic hormonal birth control. And for some people that's fine, but I knew, I knew in my bones that it wasn't right for me, but I was taught from 13 to override my intuition that this was not the answer for my body and to just shut up and do what the doctor says. Yeah. Which is so problematic on so many levels. So problematic on so many levels. And I think, you know, what's really unfortunate is that that is still the norm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that (laughs) same reaction, what you just said, I'm like, wow, there's so much there. That's a whole thing. And, you know, I think what's really, really important to highlight is I think so many people feel how you feel. So many women Mm. have that feeling of like, this is not right for my body and I don't feel like myself. And I was also thinking about this the last couple of days. We don't question that other pharmaceutical medications have side effects. Mm. That's just part of our awareness. We're like, okay, you're going to take this and it may help, or it's going to have these effects for this issue, but it's also going to have this whole host of side effects. Right. And we just know that that's true, but somehow with hormonal birth control, there is this really tricky thing that happens where there are known side effects on multiple levels, not just physical. Mm-hmm. It's a scientific reality. And there's yeah. still this, this gaslighting of women who mm-hmm. are having negative experiences because of those side effects, yeah. short-term and long-term. And so, you know, that brings into it the whole deeper, deeper level of the system that we live in and how women are viewed in our society and all of that. But I think the thing for me is really that, 
that piece of education and full disclosure, because like you said, sometimes that is the best option for someone. I think it's just about use. It's how we use it. Mm. And, you know, I've encountered young girls who are having debilitating menstrual experiences in high school. Like they're laid out on the floor. They can't function. Right. That is not a good quality of life. And so maybe medicating with hormonal birth control for a short period of time to bring alleviation while other things are put in place like nutrition, herbal medicine, really getting to the root cause of why is this happening mm. is a, could be a good function of it, yeah. but it's not being used that way. It's being used as like this blanket suppressive band-aid yeah which is really the issue and the other thing is that I would say a small percentage of teen girls but also adult women who are on hormonal birth control are actually using it to prevent pregnancy Mm -hmm. I would I don't know that would be a really interesting study Mm. I think a large percentage are are being prescribed it for reproductive issues, mm-hmm. which like instead of preventing pregnancy, yeah, they don't like, maybe they're not sexually active or that isn't, that's not the reason that they're on hormonal yeah. birth control. They're on it because they have difficult periods or they have, uh, reproductive conditions mm-hmm. and the remedy is, Oh, take birth control. That's going to yeah. help it. That's going to like, take it away. Yeah. That would be a really interesting study. I know, and, right? Wow. Yeah. Oof. Well, let's then speak to, because my hunch is if someone is also nodding along to this, they're like, oh my God, that's me. How can we start to help women and menstruating people start to listen to their intuition more? And maybe what are some things that they could explore as alternatives to this blanket Western medicine band-aid that might not be the best cure-all solution for them? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think the first step is, is really that inner work of realizing that probably maybe 95, 98% of the shame, the aversion to one's own body, to be knowing one's own body, touching one's own body, being in contact with one's own body, the, any of like grossness that you feel about your period is not yours. That's inherited. That's not inherent. We don't have that inside of us. Like naturally. That's something that we take in and then we think is our own. And so Mm -hmm. I think realizing how much we have gotten about this subject from outside of us is a really empowering step because then you can be like, oh my gosh, those are lies. Mm -hmm. And we're able to kind of forge a new relationship with ourself, which then allows us to follow that intuition and to be like, wait, my feelings are valid and important. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters is the way I feel about my own body yeah, and what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. 
So you know what that makes me think of immediately is being in middle school and high school and all of the advertisements for various tampon products were always about like discretion, like so small, you can like, nobody has to know, right? Like this like weird secrecy thing of like, oh my God, you're on your period. Like it's so, it's so messed up. And that it shouldn't affect our life at all. Like I, I really Mm. have in my memory, this Tampax commercial from when I was a teenager of like, girl on the beach in her bikini flirting with all the boys and it's like okay being on a being in a bikini on your period is maybe one of the most uncomfortable things ever yeah (laughs) and so yeah but realizing um realizing how how normalized it has become for us to take in these messages that there's something shameful about it that we have to hide it I mean, I even see sometimes these pads that are literally like this big. Yeah. I'm like, who? My period has, has a much bigger impact than just yeah. like this web space. Yeah. Um, I know it. Well, and also if we explore that a little bit deeper, it's not just secrecy and like, there's a shame, a shaming. Yeah, there's a big shame underneath it and then also as you said like it shouldn't affect your daily life it's not empowering women it's gaslighting us and saying our pain doesn't matter our experience doesn't matter because here's the other thing about my periods and i know i'm not alone on this i've talked to hundreds of women over the course of my life about this your brain functions differently i can't do the same work the week of my period that I do in the middle of my cycle. No, it and is that's different. natural. That's yes. normal. That's so I think the next step of that that question that you asked is learning about one's own cycle and learning mm. about the menstrual cycle in general because it's a reality on all levels. Mm. We are not the same throughout the month. Yeah. That's that's just what it is. That's like when you're sleeping you're not awake. I mean, yeah. it's it's not a debate. Like, yeah, we are different throughout the phases of the menstrual cycle. Not only do does our brain not work the same way when we're on our period, we literally don't have the same mobility, balance, mm-hmm. strength, cognitive function. So the fact that women are expected to perform the same way all the time, it's it's just not real. Like it's science. Mm-hmm. It's literally like not scientifically yeah. real. And so right. I think the next thing is to really learn about that for women because when you connect those dots, it's very empowering to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not making this up. That at this point in the month, I always feel really tired or more emotional or I need more quiet time. That that's nature that's hormones that's happening for a reason and it has a function mm. just like oh and then i'm on my period and i feel a certain way here and it it has a use and mm. then the next week i have more energy and my creativity flows again and my body feels totally different like mm-hmm. these are all very normal natural things that unfortunately, most women are not taught. Yeah. And so I think 
we really have to seek it out. And those things together are very empowering to realize that probably most of the negative feelings that one has about their period and their body do not originate with them. And then actually becoming educated and informed about how your body works. It's really just a doorway into empowerment and learning how to treat oneself well. Yeah. Literally a cartoon light bulb went off over my head while you were talking because I was like, oh, my entire life, the narrative that plays in my head when I'm on my period or when I'm PMSing, what have you, is like, oh, what's wrong with me? Like, oh, I'm bad in some way versus thinking like, oh, I feel really low energy and my mood sucks. That means I'm working correctly. This is good news. Yeah. And then there's things that I can do. Like for me, it's not about manipulating or changing what's going on. It's Mm -hmm. really about going with the natural flow. And so I think a lot of women don't realize, you know, right before we start our period, our hormone levels drop to their lowest level. That's what signals menstruation to start. And so mm-hmm. all of these things you're talking about, less energy, our mood is very different. We, I, I tend to be very internal, very pensive. That's all really natural. And so then the question becomes, well, how do I take care of myself in this space? Like, what do I need? Mm-hmm. And how can I just give myself love and care? Just like 10 days to two weeks later, when you're feeling super energized and you want connection and you're like, okay, well, what do I need to do? What do I want to do? Mm. And that is going to look really different because you're in a different state, but it's like nurturing the natural state that you're in. And yeah, as best we can moving away from that, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? And the thing about this is like, it's really going against the stream, even Mm -hmm. to make space for one's own menstrual experience is like kind of counterculture. Mm -hmm. But that to me is the way that we change the culture is like each person reclaiming that and being like, no, this is all BS. Mm -hmm. And like, there's nothing wrong with me. This is natural. I'm going to make space for it. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm not going to hide my experience. I mean, I talk, full I stop. No pun cycles. intended. What? I said period, full stop, no yeah. pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I talk about my cycle so much. I mean, to the point that the people in my life probably get tired of it. But honestly, I've, I have I really trained them. Yeah. That's great. And like it's pretty cool to, and so I think when we're comfortable with it, we radiate that and it, Mm. and it, you know, it moves out and shifts things. That's so true. What are some areas? So for a little background for listeners, Zara has two kind of main prongs of offerings, like how she helps people. One is very um, like holistic nutrition based. And then one is very like women's health counseling based. And so what are some areas of our lives that we can start to pay attention to in addition, like 
energy you just said is one, right? Like what are some cues that we can take maybe in the next month? Like if we're, if we're listening to this now and we want to start paying better attention to our bodies and our state energy level being one, what are some other things that we can pay attention to, to start to get a better idea of what our natural cycle looks like at the moment? That's a really good question. Um, I would say a, a really important piece is, uh, is blood sugar mm. and is paying attention to blood sugar balance. And if you're eating enough, because mm. blood sugar is directly connected to our hormone health. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of women, I, I, you know, I just hear wild things in my practice about the length, the length of time that, that women go without eating. Um, so I think that that also paying attention to blood sugar balance and nutrition and making sure you eat enough Hmm. also is going to kind of tell you, are you having are you having symptoms from low blood sugar mm. or, or, or is this really something that's happening in your cycle? Yeah. Um, because a lot of times when we just focus on balancing blood sugar, a lot of hormonal and cycle things balance themselves totally, and they shift. So that's a really big one is eating regularly, which tends to be one of the most challenging things I find for people to do. Yeah. The other thing about really is, is just paying attention is just paying more attention to how you feel Mm -hmm. and then literally checking that with the day of your cycle that you're on. Mm -hmm. So this, this requires you to be tracking your cycle. Mm Mm-hmm even just tracking when you get your period, you know, it can be really, really simple because if you're like, wow, I'm feeling really tired. I'm cranky. I'm emotional. Everything is getting to me or like, wow, I have no energy. Like I'm just wiped. Mm. And then you're like, oh, what day of my cycle am I on? And you see most likely it's going to be in the second half of the cycle somewhere post ovulation before you menstruate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's you're like, oh, Oh, okay. Well, that at least takes care of a big portion of it. Mm-hmm. And on the other end of that, if you're like, I have so much energy, I'm getting so much done. I'm super inspired and just everything is like rolling. Mm-hmm. And you look and you're like, oh yeah, I'm on day 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So I find that for people to start connecting the dots between how they feel and where they are in their cycle is, Mm. is, is really the first step because that's where then we can also go deeper. If there are uh, kind of more complex things showing up like severe symptoms, um, things that are kind of beyond the, the natural level of the ebb and flow. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, for me, one of my biggest indicators is my skin. 
And um, I think a lot of that comes from, I mean, I've had eczema since birth and struggled with acne all through puberty and all that stuff. Um, Also, um, sleep is a big one. How well am I sleeping? How much am I sleeping? How tired am I when I get up? Like, do I feel like, okay, I'm getting up for the day? Or is it like, oh my God, I could be in bed all day. Those are all definitely indicators. And then also (laughs) food, as you said, like the frequency of eating is so important, but also what I put in my body and um, realizing, like planning my meals a bit better to balance out how much of any type of food I'm eating, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm eating pasta every night for a week, gluten-free pasta, but nobody's counting, then I'm going to feel a lot different than, than, than if I like switch it up and I have salmon one night and, um, you know, I made eggplant parm and th- just yeah. different things that definitely affects me too. Like what I'm eating. And I know that Ayurvedic medicine, that was a big, I went to an Ayurvedic practitioner and she really helped me with that. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. And for me, I like, I'm always really trying to simplify things and make it really accessible for people. Mm. And so the other thing that's really important to note is our appetite changes throughout our cycle. And so that can be a, a indication. It's like a sign of where you are in your cycle as well. So it's also one of those big things of like, uh, removing that whole mental process of, Oh my God, there's something wrong with me. And Mm. of course, because we live in this culture that's obsessed with thinness and all of that. So in the second half of the cycle, we literally need more calories to build the uterine lining. Mm. And so it's really natural that people are more hungry after ovulation and you know that whole like internal talk about wanting to eat more and needing to eat more mm-hmm. is a whole thing and so also if you're all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh i'm like i'm just really like genuinely hungry i need to eat more that's real that's natural that's okay mm. um and then of course we want to be eating nutrient dense meals that have variety. So just always trying to add in extra vegetables, make sure we're getting enough protein Mm. and kind of have awareness of those tendencies. Cause we all have it. Those, the easy, I'm like, I could live on quesadillas, but (laughs) that's actually not really like great for so many (laughs) levels. Right. It's like, okay, I need to eat some vegetables. I need to like meal prep. I need to plan a little bit more. I need to have protein. And I think it's really important to highlight and reiterate what you said of like working with somebody like Zara can simplify that. It probably feels overwhelming to think about tracking your cycle and figuring out your sleep and your blood sugar and how often are you eating, like all of that stuff. But when you're working with somebody who can literally tell you like, this is what to pay attention to this week, for example, or like here is a literal worksheet to help you track your cycle this month, just to give yourself some more information. It's so much easier than you might think it is. And the payoff is so huge because the thing about periods 
they happen every month for a really long time. Yeah. I mean, unless you're on hormonal birth control, right. But that's the thing is this is a, this is a long-term relationship that we have in our life and just an example, right? So for me, if someone's like, um, the go-to is gluten-free pasta Mm. for me, I'm going to be like, okay, let's throw in a ton of spinach. Mm. Like, and you don't even have to cook the spinach. It's like stirred into the warm pasta. It'll mm-hmm. wilt it. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, let's throw in zucchini. Let's like, how do we take that easy go-to and just make it a little more nutritionally beneficial? Mm. Um, my thing is like, what's real in someone's life and how do we optimize that? So mm-hmm. I am definitely not the nutritionist that is going to like overhaul someone's whole program, yeah. make them go cold turkey on all these things. Um, a lot of people come to me and they're like, are you going to tell me to stop drinking coffee? And I'm like, well, no, not necessarily. I'm going to definitely recommend that you don't have five cups of coffee, but <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah. going to tell you that. Like, Well, because that can be shamey too, right? Like based in deprivation. Yeah. I don't, I don't do the deprivation. (laughs) That's That's such, yeah. I think that's really important, really, really important. And then the emotional component is like a whole extra level, right. Of getting past any shame, being patient with ourselves, patient with our bodies. That's something I really have to work on. Like, I don't know about anybody else out there, but when I'm like, okay, I'm going to address this symptom and I'm going to do this thing for two weeks. And I'm like, if it's not solved and gone, then I'm like, (laughs) yeah, things take time. I mean, if you also think about how long has, has something been in place emotionally, Mm. mentally, physically, how long has that been operating? Mm. Not that it will take an equal time to resolve at all, but also just giving ourselves that grace of like, wow, this has probably been happening for two, three, four, five, 10 years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's going to take a few months or, yeah. and the other thing, you know, to come back to what you said earlier with that piece about intuition, I feel like if, if, if I could give, I mean, any people, but especially women in this realm, one piece of advice is like, listen to in that inner intuition, because a lot of women, I get messages from women who are like, oh, I'm feeling so tired. I don't want to go do this workout or I didn't have any motivation for my like normal workout. I'm on the second day of my period, but I feel bad about myself. And I'm like, my dear, (laughs) like your body knows your body knows. And so when we get those things of like, Oh, I just, that just doesn't feel right today. It usually is for a very good reason. Mm -hmm. And having that patience where like, okay, next week it's going to feel super great. And you're going to be able to do that. So I think that a lot of times we have the information inside of us Mm. and the issue is the, the fact that we don't listen to it. Mm. What a place to wrap. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for this, Sarah. Um, Where can people find you interact with you? And then I know you have some amazing free downloads. Where can people get those? Yes. So, um, everything is accessible through my Instagram. They can find the free downloads there. They can get to my website there, or they can just go straight, straight to the website, which has free downloads, 
has all the information about services. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely always trying to create that community aspect too, with the Instagram, like, mm. um, you know, I respond, she does. <laughs> I she respond does. to people. Um, I love to know how people are doing. I want it to be like a calming kind of nurturing, reassuring space. That's very mm. intentional for me because, you know, the internet can be so noisy and crowded. And so I'm kind of always trying to dial that down and just like, mm. um, provide some calming energy. Yes, it is. It's like a warm nest where you can go and talk about things that you're like, is this normal? <laughs> oh, I love it. I know. And mostly my reaction is like, yeah, it's totally normal. Yeah, like, exactly. Because exactly. I think everything that we experience is normal and natural because it's something that we're experiencing, even if other people don't experience it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, what a what a reframe. I love that so much. Thank you guys so much for being here. And Zara, what is your, will you, will you actually say your Instagram and your website? Like Yeah. So my right Instagram is, this is Zara S. Perfect. Um, and then my website is zaraselligson.com. Awesome. And those will both be in the show notes, but I just wanted people to know where to find you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is such an important conversation and I'm, I'm going to go track my cycle now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah. One more that, that, that's, you know, that's how it is. One more person. Love it. All right. Thanks everybody for being here. Thank you. Take care. All right. Y'all know I'm about to ask you to subscribe to find your magic on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found us today. It truly helps podcasters pay their teams, find better guests and give you good content. So if you want to hear more conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship, be sure to subscribe to find your magic and leave us a review. Thanks for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.